Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Christian Life Fellowship. This is my last time I'm preaching this month, this year. I just had to find something that I could relate to all the last things that we have. That last song, I was really excited about that. I said, oh, that's a great song. I said I could basically, I could tear that song apart and we could build the whole service on that song. But I want to just take the first verse. Um, I was excited about that. I got home in glory land and, I, and the light bulb went on and went, oh, actually, funny that you should sing that song this morning because the question is this morning, rock or sand, what are you building on? What's your home built on? This is the scripture for this morning. This is Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 24 through 27. This is from the New Living Translation. I like it. It's a little more pointed to the, to the matter. Building on a solid foundation. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house... It won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So we are all building a home. Uh, this part of being alive on the earth, you need a place to live. And the Lord Jesus even made reference to this, says the foxes have holes, the birds have trees, but the Son of Man has no home. So the Lord, he, if you are a homeless person, um, you could possibly get a better understanding of what it was like for Jesus, because he was homeless. He said himself. But, this is what you see in our neighborhoods as we travel around our neighborhoods in Australia and um, even, you know, and close locally here or in far away. This is in a neighborhood over in Keeler East. And these homes, they're building some big home, homes out there, some really massive homes. But when we begin building our home, we are beginning to set the patterns and to initiate circumstances all leading to outcomes in our life in the future. I'll say it again. When you begin building your home, you're beginning to set patterns from a young age. You start building. You start setting patterns. If I'm a young man and I start drinking when I'm really young, that's setting a pattern. If I manage to make it up to 18, 20 years old and I haven't even had a drop of alcohol, that's setting a pattern. So you set patterns real early and you start building early. And those patterns, they initiate circumstances that you're going to encounter in your life. Because for every action, there's a reaction. Cast your bed upon the water and the bread will come, then they'll be coming back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So do, be not mocked. The Lord is not, don't, don't be silly or whatever the word says in that regard. I don't know the exact quote, but it says at the end of it, the Lord is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, you will reap. So that's where we get this from, all leading to outcomes in the future. 
And building your home is your decision. That is all totally your decision, and you're the only one who can decide how your home will look. All our houses are different. Everybody has different tastes. Your home is totally different to mine. Yet, the Bible teaches us that no matter how different your house is, the, it's got to be built on the same foundation. Nowadays, if you look at this house, every house that we see in our world today is built basically in the white man's world here in the third, first world country where we have limited, uh, unlimited amount of resources and stuff. We build on concrete. That's normal. Some countries don't have that option. And, and that's why I said in our world, we build on concrete. We are building on, all, everybody's building on the same foundation. Now the Lord Jesus is talking about this because he's looking around at people and he's going, there's a cost to building. And if you want to build with the Lord and you want to build on his life, he tells you right up front that there's a cost to it. Deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. There's a cost. You need to deny yourself. You need to deny yourself of all those things that the flesh wants from you. We have two enemies. We have the powers of darkness and we have the flesh. Neither of them are on our side as Christians. You can shop at the large store of Jesus. It has quality products, but they are pricey. Quality products and building are pricey. In Jesus' store, you can purchase love. You have everlasting life. You can build your home on your hope of heaven. You can build your home in joy, with joy, with peace. You can build with God's presence, God's spirit, the blood of Jesus, the spirit of Jesus the presence of Jesus, the whole trinity. And I say that very pointedly and on purpose. I believe and we believe in the trinity. This is an issue where I see now that reading about it, there's a lot of people who don't believe it. But I do, we do as a church. So I say the trinity is part of going to that store. And what is your house? Your house what does it look like? What's my house? My relationships, part of my house. My responsibilities, and every one of these is part of your building. Your responsibilities, your prayer life. That's what your house looks like. What I preach, what you preach, that's your house. Your marriage, your family, your friends, your church, your ministry your job, your attitude, your beliefs, that's all making this big building of your house. Every detail of your house is important. See, you need a plan. And I was talking to Michael, the, um, Brother Michael, he said, he's building the, his home, he had a big master plan. That's really wise. The church that we're building they have a master idea, a master plan. So you need a plan. You have to have a plan for everything. 
you actually need an engineering plan, you need an electrical plan, you need a plumbing plan, you need a landscaping plan. The plans go on and on and on and on. So we need to have a plan for our building. You need to get a lot of professional help to make a home, to build a home. <clears throat> and sometimes we need others in our life and we need their expertise to help us get our Christian homes sorted out. So let's not be afraid to help, ask for help, ask God for help, but also there's people that can help us. So let's be aware of that. And if you need help, you need to always seek out people with professional ideas because there's a right way to build a house and then there's an actual wrong way. And in some people's lives, their home ends up like this. And they go, what did I build? What did I do? The flood. The flood comes. Now this house, all of a sudden, was hit by high tide. Now, obviously, they thought through it a bit when they were building the house, and something caught them by surprise. But in no time at all, the flood devastated that whole beautiful little paradise that they were living in. And floods generally affect a lot of people. It's really hard to actually be an individual and say, oh, that flood came and it didn't affect me. They affect everybody. And these, this is actually a flood, but it's not even that deep. The problem is, is that floods, they actually become more and more dangerous because the more you're flooded, the deeper the water and the, lower like, the less likely is that likelihood that you're going to be able to survive that flood. And then it becomes really serious. The horse is scared. The guy with the horse is scared, and he's out there trying to rescue those people. And all of a sudden, it's like something happened. I'm in a situation I wasn't aware of. And I have actually, because my father was a whitewater canoe instructor, he taught us in the rivers, and I've been in the water to the point where it was over my neck. And it's really scary and really hard to get your the little bit of strength that you have, it really is not that useful. So the floods are hard. And the thing is, is that the Lord said that when the floods came, he didn't say if the floods come. He said, and the floods came. And the flood is not very respectful of that nice house, was it? He didn't say, oh, that's a nice home. They really put a lot of effort into that. I think I'll bypass that house. That's why what we're building is so important. Because the Lord teaches us that the flood will come. Now, when you have a flood and your life is flooded, you might be able to save something. Now, this man was lucky because he had a boat and he put his motorcycle on it, but that's about all he had left. So in our messy, messed up world of, of the lives that we're building, sometimes you can salvage a little bit out of it. 
But generally speaking, you might be doing this, going, what have I done? What have I built? Look at what happened. All my stuff is devastated by the water. I've been devastated. I lost everything. So it becomes critical because that's what happens. People look and they go, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? The reason is that the reason for us believing in Jesus is because he is God. This is somebody's God, but he has no power over that flood. That God's going down. Our God, Jesus Christ, has the power over the flood. That's why we preach him, we teach him, we believe in him, we promote him. We want him to be active in your life because he can save you. And only he can save you. The foolish man built his house on the sand. Now, this is a really good example of what a house looks like when the flood comes and it's built on the sand. Because the thing is, you saw that picture? It'll come back. Um, the thing is, is that when you look at the picture, that one there, you see that little concrete business there, from there to there, when that's on the ground, it looks really good, right? Foundation's big, it's big, it's, you know, a meter and a half thick. Surely that's going to be good. And in our lives, when we build on a foundation, we might look at it and go, you know what, it's not the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's pretty good. It's pretty thick. It's solid. It's solid. But the problem is, is that the flood waters came and there was no challenge there. Water is very powerful. And look at how it lifted that foundation, even though it looked so solid before the flood came. So don't be deceived. Make sure that you're building on the bedrock not on something that looks like it's going to work or it's going gonna, it's gonna to survive this flood. It looks good, but problem. And this is what happens when you build on sand. I personally don't understand why you would do that, but it, some people do. And obviously, if it's in the Bible and the Lord brought it up, Thousands of years ago, it's got to be important. People build their lives on sand. Foolish man built his house. Look at this king. Why wasn't I warned? I have news for you and everybody else. We are warned. Be warned. The rains came and the floods came up. You have been warned. The world has been warned. There is something about repentance and turning from the way we're building our homes. That's very quite important. The problem here is the foundation. So, because what happens with the flood, it doesn't attack the, the high part of the house. It doesn't go for the windows, does it? It doesn't go for the chimney. The water comes and does what? It challenges the foundation. The flood always challenges the foundation. 
And so we as Christians need to have that foundation on the Lord. This is actually a, a, not a very good picture, but that's bedrock. But our feet, our house, our life, we need to put the feet on the foundation of the bedrock of Jesus. We spend a lifetime building our house and we take a lot of energy and commitment, blood, sweat, and tears, we call it. So let's make it count. The Lord Jesus is helping us build our home. He opened up this door that we talked about and he's given you an actually an unlimited credit card that you can go and purchase these things to build your house. So they're more or less free because it says, the Bible says, that Jesus paid for you and your life and everything about you in your life. It's paid for. So you can go there and say, I want to purchase love because I want to build my house with love. I want to purchase patience because I think that's going to be really useful in my home. You can do it. You can go back and back and back to that store because your feet are on that. He's helping us build our home. He opened this door and has given us an unlimited credit card to purchase the materials with. And this is why we need to ask for wisdom. Because the Bible says the wise man built his house upon the rock. And it didn't say the wise man built Jesus' house on the rock or, or Tommy next door's house. His house your house. James 1.5 says, if any man lacks wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. I hope that this might be part of your prayer life. I hope it is. I try to make it part of mine. And I'll tell you about that. But that he gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given to him. So the promise is, is that you will receive wisdom. It's not an if, then, or but. Because the Bible says that, Jesus said in the Bible that all things are possible to them that believe. In our, in our way of thinking, we think that the word possible means 50-50 chance. But the actual interpretation of the word possible is, possible is the word certain. If they would have put all things are certain to those who believe, that would be a more accurate description or um, a more accurate um, definition of the word. It's not an if, end, or but thing. It's not a 50-50 chance. All things are certain for those that believe, and this is what is certain about this. It shall be given to them. And I want to just tell you that that word upbraideth. I know that's really a nice old-fashioned word. And um, I, asked her, I asked my family if they knew what it meant, and none of them actually knew what it meant. So I thought, well, that makes four of us, because I had no idea myself. I'm thinking, what does it really mean? But you know what? It's like this. I go to God. I say, it's not like this, okay? God, can I please have wisdom? What's wrong with you, Ben? Are you stupid? What did you do that for? How come you made that mistake? Why are you asking me now? Why didn't you ask me before? After you made all that problems, you're going to ask me now? 
See, that's, that's upbraiding. You, go to, you don't go to God and go, Lord, please, can you help me? And he's not going to turn around and go, well, of course I, you know, if you weren't so silly, I would have helped you long before you even asked. He doesn't do that. It's absolutely against the Bible. The word says, he giveth to all men liberally. God's full of wisdom. His wisdom is beyond understanding. We can't even get it. Different roads lead to different houses. And I love this one here. Look at what it says here in John 14, 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Isn't that nice? How beautiful. Because now we're getting to the point that building these houses is quite a serious business. And it's really quite critical on what we end up with the final product. But the Lord's saying that if you love me, I'm going to come and make my home with you and my dad. That's something we've got to be excited about. Because, you know, when we go through our neighborhood, every house is on a different road. And we as a group of Christians in the world and, and who we are in our church and in the bigger church of the world and the state, whatever, just, you know, there's a lot of different roads that lead to a lot of different houses. So we're not always on the same road. That's my point. I don't have to be worried about what road you're traveling. As long as you know what road you're traveling and where your house is and where your bed is and how to get home, that's important. Everybody's got a responsibility in that. Different roads lead to different houses and different paths lead in life. We're on a different path. So let's be aware of that. The other day I was driving down the road and something dawned on me. And, it was a, and I, that's what inspired me about this where it says, one of the versions says, and if, instead of keep my word, it says, and if he keeps my commandments. And I thought, Oh, that's a different word than my word, isn't it? Commandments are like something really quite pointed. And I wrote this, so I'm going to read this to you because this is my thought. The principles and commandments of God are like street signs for traffic. They are constant. They are always there to make one wise in learning how to navigate any given intersection. When we need them to let us know who has the right of way, they are the rule, they are the law, they are the jury, and they are the judge. And if they are not obeyed, the consequences could be potentially be catastrophic. If I didn't stop at that stop sign, that car that was coming from my right, that would have been a mess. If I didn't give way at the give way sign and I decided that I'm just going to go my own way and do my own thing and I ended up encountering another vehicle that had the right of way, I'm in big trouble and it's going to be a big mess. 
one of the most difficult things that I have ever done in this modern world that we live in was drive through the city of Paris where I did not understand one street sign. It's very unsettling. You don't know if you're supposed to go left, right, or center, or what, where, where things are. There's no direction. It's the same with commandments and God's word. If we're not familiar with them, and we don't know how to read them or interpret them, how are we going to know which, which is the right direction and who has the right away and when it's safe to go or, where it's, or if it's even safe to leave? One of the most difficult things to do in the modern world is to drive on a road in a busy place where you cannot read the signs. Let's get familiar with and learn how to read the commandments of Jesus. Just like we can read road traffic signs so we can apply them in our lives at any given intersection we may encounter. Because when we're traveling between each other's houses on different roads, we need to know how to get through there safely without hurting the ones that are traveling with us in the car, without hurting ourselves. We need to be able to read the signs so we can apply them in our lives at any given intersection that we may encounter. Jesus Christ is available now. The Bible says that Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone opens the door... I will come in and I will make my home with him. This is the question, is your home built on a solid rock or sinking sand? That's the question. Did you know that God's in the building houses? He really is. Your Bible says so. John 14, 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you can be also. In that home, there is no more discord. There is no more disunity. There is no more strife, no more anger. No more wrath, no more murder, no more criticism, no more condemnation, no more pride, no more envy, no more jealousy, no more gossip, no more slander, no more evil speaking, no lying, no complaining, no false teachings, no false gifts, no false manifestations, no lying signs and wonders, no poverty, no fear of lack and no fear of spirits, hindering spirits, retaliatory spirits, deceiving spirits, religious spirits, Occult spirits, witchcraft spirits, Jezebel's not going to be there, Delilah, spirit of Delilah, spirit of Apollyon, none of them will be there. No spirits of Antichrist. Behold, I'm going to prepare a place for you. There's no more death, no more crying, no more dying. Now, this is the advantage to being a wise builder. If you build your house on the solid rock, the foundation of Jesus Christ and his commandments and his teachings, you will survive the floods of this world. Who else survived the flood? 
Uncle Noah. You know, that was a massive flood. So the floods will come. They test your foundation. They're not going to test your windows yet. We build on the foundation and we survive this world. But the greatest part of it all is that the next world, when we get out of here, what is in store for us beyond understanding? The Lord himself built that house. And he has the master plan. He had all the plans. So get yourself a little flood insurance. You need to get flood insurance. If you have a home on this earth, you'll see in your contract, flood insurance. If you are a Christian, get yourself flood insurance. Build your life on that foundation. Father, thank you so much for loving us. The rock is big, Lord. We don't have to worry about the storm. Our Lord calms storms. We love you, Jesus, that you're so good to us, that you've taken us and you've done everything for us. You've given us all these building materials to actually build something that's really useful and very good for us and something that we can enjoy. We can enjoy our relationships with, uh, with each other. I can say sorry when I need to. I have that ability because of your great power and because my life and my home is built on your rock. Help us to build these, Lord. And Father, we ask for wisdom. I ask for every single person here in the name of Jesus Christ on behalf of his authority in the heavens and on earth that, Lord, I ask for wisdom and for insight and a breath of understanding, Lord, that's as vast as the grains of sands on the seashores of the earth. You can do it, Father. You care for us. You love us more than we love ourselves. Help us to carry this with us as we enter into the life coming in the next week, Lord, in the next year, the next month, the next year that's coming, 2019, to know that no matter what comes our way, what the weather is like, that the flood will not tip our house over because our foundation is solid. And this we pray in the Lord, in your mighty name, Jesus. We love you with all our heart, all our soul, our mind. Strengthen us, Lord, by your great spirit. Amen.